Yo, Internet, this is a special episode of the Combat Jack Show, man. This right here is a live show. You know, we haven't done a lot of live shows. You guys have supported us in the past. But this is us kicking off our very first show of the Combat Jack Show live tour. We were very fortunate to have as our first guest, Young Guru, who's a fan of the show, a listener of the show, supporter of the show, just a very dope individual, man. We already know his credentials. What I didn't know, what you'll soon discover, is we really talk about hip-hop in this episode. We talk about a lot of shit you motherfuckers ain't ready for, man. So, you know, sit up. Sit up straight, man. Get your textbooks. This brother is 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 brilliant. This brother's a professor in the whole nine, man. So, you know, without further ado, the the, the, the first episode of the Combat Jack Live experience with Young Guru. I want to shout out our sponsors, G-Star Brooklyn. Check them out at G-Star on Twitter, G-Star Brooklyn. Their address, go get some dope shit, man. They got some really dope content, man. Tell them Combat sent you. Their address is 118 North 4th Avenue, uh, Williamsburg, Brooklyn. And I also want to shout out Experience Acid. Acid is this new cigarillo. That's a brand off of the Swisher Experience. Yo, listen, you know, I'm not into the cigarillos, but that, that blunt, y'all could definitely do a lot with that cigarillo. Shout out to Acid, man. 1800. 1800 blessed us with that tequila. A lot of people were swervy that night, man. Shout out to y'all, man. Continue to fuck with us. Oh, ne- next week. Next week. Our very next. Actually, no, this week. It's this week. July Internet- 1st. July 1st. I keep thinking July is next week, man. We go to New Orleans, man. Currency. House of Blues. Is our second guest at the House of Blues. July 1st, man. House of Blues in New Orleans, man. Where can they get the tickets, man? bit.ly forward slash combat NOLA. Internet's another person that we want to support. Another thing that we want to support is the Brooklyn Hip Hop Festival. The Brooklyn Hip Hop Festival 2016. It's their 12th anniversary. Headliner is Nas. July 13th to the 16th. We got Nas. We got Fab. Fabulous. Come check out Combat Me on July 14th at Mega Evers College. Discovering the 20th anniversary of New Jack City. Maybe. I might be in Paris or Zurich. But if I'm here, I'm at Mega Evers. Be sure to come out to Much More's in Williamsburg for the weekly drop live. You know what I mean? With a very special guest. You know what I mean? $5 entry. Come and check out me and Mika, man. Let's do it for the culture. Mika, Mika, Mika. And now, let's really stop bullshitting and get into this show. And without further ado, we're going to start this thing up, man. Y'all be real patient. We're going to shout out to 1800 Vodka. I'm sorry, 1800 Tequila. You know what I'm saying? Um, it's providing the libations. And, um, yo, man, this dude is a mentor and a big brother to me. Personally, I'm sure he's a mentor to you guys and his knowledge and wisdom and his contribution to the game. You know what I mean? So without further ado, I'm, I'm not even going to, you know, tell you guys the resume as you already know. You know what I mean? Coming out of Brooklyn Crown Heights, you know, one time to lose to Reggie Osei, a.k.a. Mr. Combat Jack. Internet! Internet! Yo, y'all look beautiful tonight, man. Please. Give yourselves a round of applause and thank you for coming out. Um, definitely want to give a round of applause to G Star Brooklyn for hosting this wonderful event. Um, I definitely want to give a shout out to Acid Cigarillos. They really trusted the vision that we had about this tour and they really supported us. So if you can, please tweet hashtag Experience Acid and let's get on with the show, man. I'm a little bit nervous. I shouldn't be because this is like my thousandth episode, but we don't do this live or anything. Is this where I'm sitting? Where does the mic go? I guess I'm sitting here. So, 
I mean, this guy that's coming on the show is, 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 is has been a friend of the show. He supported us from day one, uh, which is an honor because he's done so many things in the game. Um, engineer, producer, DJ, photographer, um, associate pro uh, professor. He's teaching kids in the whole night. So without further ado, let's welcome the very first guest of the Combat Jack Live Experience, Guru, Young Guru. That's a fresh jacket, sir. Is this mic on? One, two. You still get nervous, man? Yeah, I still. Don't you get nervous? Never. You never get nervous? Nah. I don't believe you, man. I don't never get nervous, man. Can you explain to the audience and to the listeners why we really should revere and, and, and appreciate Dilla's contributions? Well, we have a bunch of producers that set the, the, the forefront before Dilla. So to me, Dilla is Michael Jordan, right? If there wasn't Dr. J, if there wasn't Larry Bird, if there wasn't uh, Magic Johnson, there would not have been a Jordan. But Jordan took Dr. J's like going up underneath the basketball, I mean, the, the backboard like this, and coming back like that night when we all freaked out. I don't know how old everybody is, he's 42, so I remember that night when he did that. Like, Dilla took what Pete did, what Cream did, what like Soul Assassins did, what uh, Daylight did, all of them, and mixed it together, but took it to another level. And his biggest thing was like his offbeatness. He made being sloppy okay. Whereas, take somebody like Quest Love, who his whole life is training to be a metronome. To be precise. If I, if you, you won't. People in here won't get this experience, but like I played with some drummers right on stage, and. Tony Royster style, who, who plays with Jay-Z, right? Tony Royster is of this generation. He's more of a, like, church drummer, where they do a million fills in between every note, right? Quest is the more, like, steady, breakbeat. The timing is perfect. You can set your watch to Quest. Quest, if the, if the tempo is 92 BPMs, his foot is always 92 BPMs. What Dilla did was allow us to be like sloppy at that 92. So it's like it's, it's the sloppiness of Dilla allowed us to be free where we're not stuck on this metronome. There's no way you can sound like Dilla with your quantize on or your NPC or your whatever, whatever program that you're using. So it made you feel. It's more organic. It's way more organic. And then He's the only producer that I could like have the sample that he used and not recreate the beat. Everybody else, I can recreate what they did. That's just how dope Dilla was. But then a lot of what we're talking about is based off of these beat CDs that he used to pass around. So if you if you say if you look up Dilla on Wikipedia, his produced work is not going to match Manny Fresh, right? Manny Fresh got like over six hundred published songs. Manny Fresh is a genius in what he does, right? Um, RZA is a genius in what he does. Pete is a genius in what he does. Primo is a genius, right? And then, like, my guys, my generation, the, the Just Blazes and the Kanye's are geniuses at what they do. The best way for me to put it is that Dilla, you can go in Dilla's work, and Dilla can do everybody's style, but nobody can do Dilla's style. And then it changed every three months. Every three months, like, this guy goes through the really, I'm going to be intense with finding the loop and freaking that, 
and then I'm totally leaving that, and I'm gonna go three months with doing just like keyboard beats, so you get like raise it up and things like that. Then I'm gonna leave that alone and go to this other style. It just constantly changed. So it's like for us that make beats, we we lost our views. He was the muse for all of your favorite producers. Believe me, we were all passing around those tapes. Or like, if I had a session with Buster and Buster just left the Jay Dilla beat tape there and went and ate, I'm dubbing it. And this was cassette, so I'm like doing it. You know what I'm saying? So that if somebody walk in the room, they don't know I'm doing it. But he was like my muse. I, I, the greatest hip-hop producer ever. You know, I read somewhere that, that, that engineers, music engineers... Problem solvers. Yeah, definitely. And yeah. and and you don't even get alive until you see a problem. Like I got a problem, I gotta solve this. The problem the problem brings you alive, or right. me personally. Right. You know, I, I like that people come to rely on the fact that I could solve problems. Or even to the point sometimes where it's like, y'all keep thinking I'm gonna work these miracles, like understand that I'm working miracles right. here. But that's what an engineer does. He looks at a problem because people come to him, just a basic engineer, and be like, yo, it, it's going to take us two weeks to walk all the way around this river. Is it a way that we could just go directly across it? And he sits there, he comes up with this idea of a bridge. Somebody has, that, that A bridge is somebody's original thought. Like, stop walking all the way around. Just cut through. It seems simple to us. But it's like, that's somebody's original thought. That's the dopest thing ever. You see what I'm saying? Or an engineer, like his mind just thinks of new ways to do things. So anytime I see people with original thought, I don't care if that's art, music, fashion, whatever it is, right? For people to say, you know what? I don't need the, the fashion houses. Take it to clothing, right? April Walker to do, I'm going to do me. And I'm going to put it out here, and I'm going to use my resources, and I know all the rappers, so I'm going to get them to wear my clothing. And guess what? I got Tupac to wear. And now I can... Like Tyson. That's groundbreaking. Yeah, yeah. That's, think about that for a second. That's groundbreaking. That's not the way the fashion houses work. So you engineered something that's different. I celebrate those things because to me, that's just like, it's original thought. It's dope. It's just like, ooh. It's like an MC watching another MC, and he says a verse, and you'd be like, ooh, I wish I'd have thought of that. So, so give us an example. Walk us through an example where you went in a session or working on a project and a problem happened. And if you had not solved the problem, shit would have been fucked up. I've had sessions where, like, Jay was recording and somebody walked behind the Pro Tools and, like, knocked the power out. And I got to reconstruct the record, you know what I mean, type of thing. Um, the real problems came when we was trying to do um, Kingdom Come. And Jay was on a world tour. So it was like recording anywhere. Recording after he just did a show. Imagine doing 30,000, 20,000 people and then he's trying to record a record. And we're doing this in Australia, in Taipei, Taiwan. And like all these other random places and calling people and trying to... It was so many problems with that. But it's like, I got to do what I got to do to get this album done. Um, we was in Australia one time and it the power to the whole building goes out. So it's like, I got to remember the order of what he was doing in the verses and reconstruct this whole song so that he's not worried about it, so that we can still make the date. It's a difference when it's like, you put out an album on a label and it's just like, it's just the album. When your album is that album that's supposed to pay for the other 10 failures, it's a difference in the like what people expect from you. 
Yo, how 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 much pressure is that on you? Or at this point, is it no more? There's no longer pressure. Yeah, I don't I don't feel like it's pressure no more. I feel like like it's it's the only pressure is to extend the legacy and not play yourself. So you have to figure out where do I fit in the culture right now, and I, and I try to ride this fine line of like I know who I am and I'm secure in who I am, but I also don't like the hater me. I don't like the guy that's 42 years old that's just like ah oh, this, this new the new hip hop is whack. This is whack. I'm like nah, come on, stop, please stop. Hey, I absolutely love what the young boys are doing. I don't expect. Maybe because I have kids. Right. And I'm my kids help because my kids yeah. really help me understand the sounds that cats our age ordinarily wouldn't. Or, or just me for a long time being in that in-between thing where it was like, I'm not as old as Steve Harvey, so I don't want to really listen to Steve Harvey. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? No, I'm, just, I'm using that as an example. It's not a distance to Steve Harvey. Right. I'm just putting you in a time frame. Right. Whereas, like, sometimes Hot 97 may be too young for me, right, right, right. but Steve Harvey's too old. Right. So, Or I got my kids in the car in the morning when I'm dropping them off, and I'm on Hot 97, and it's like, oh, the topic they talk about is crazy. I can't even let the kids hear that. And then I flip over to Steve Harvey, I'm like, it's too old for me. Like, right. You know what I mean? I know what you're talking about, but that's like, y'all y'all like my older cousins. So I understand time and where we are, and I understand that, like, I don't think a lot of people my age really take into account what it means to be 20 years old right now, right? Like, we're about to hit the 20th anniversary for reasonable doubt. That means that you was born. You was a baby. Your mom was having sex with your dad when this album came out. I'm old, man. You know what I'm saying? I'm <laughs> that album. I'm old. You know what I'm saying? Like, you have to really put that into perspective of why an 18-year-old likes what he likes. So then my daughters, you know, and, and my kids really give me a reference as to where everybody's at and, and I can appreciate the music that come out. And it's it's just me not wanting to be a hater. I want to see like the young kids do it. So I'm a champion of a lot of the younger sound, even though I wouldn't necessarily produce music that sounds like that. But I play it. Right. So so when you when you hear your kids play music, what do you hear or who do you hear? that you appreciate and you feel, even though it's not your music, it's not made for you, you're like, you know what, they are carrying the torch. Uh, so many, you know what I'm saying? Of course, home team, I gotta be proud of J. Cole. Like, J. Cole is like, you did it without any features, without any drama, without the celebrity girlfriend, without the like the, the nonsense that we see on Twitter, Instagram all day, and not dissing anybody that has that as their thing, but it seems like, you almost need that at this point to create the notoriety. To create the notoriety. So J. Cole definitely. Kendrick, I just love him for his um his frame of reference and where he took the West Coast. I feel like the West Coast, almost like the East, was stuck in a sound for so long, right? The West Coast stuck was G Funk. Right. Kendrick broke them out of that. Or pushed it forward. Pushed it forward. What it's a present. The East, we, we still need that to a certain extent because I feel like if, 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 if to me, if everybody would give ASAP Mob and Joey the credit that they do, we could push it a little further because they showed the, the, the reverence for that 90s sound, but I don't want the I'm bringing New York back 18-year-old. Like, I don't want that at all. Because he wasn't there. Yeah. He wasn't there. And it's a different New York band. So I'd rather hear Joey Badass talk about a gentrified Brooklyn versus the Brooklyn that we 
grew up in. It's not that no more. So, I don't know. I, I love Kendrick, but then of course it's like me and my mind. I'm saying talking about physics and all that. Of course, I'm gonna I'm gravitate towards Ab Soul. Mm. You know what I mean? So it's like Ab is my dude. That's who I go call when I'm in LA. Are you good? You know what I'm saying? Like that type of thing. Why? You said about physics. Why? What is because it about Ab Soul? Because it's the Nabonaki flow. Like he got the, you know, like if you really get into Ab, he's he's on my wavelength. Or he'll have Danny Brown on the album, but it's uh. Uh, uh, extra pills, extra pills. Uh, my baby needs something for Bill. Spacks get stuff like Oprah Grill. Like, what? He's murdering it. He's out of here. Out of here. But it's like, what they do is perfect because each one of them has a different personality. Same thing I feel like with ASAP Mob. To me, I think they're like, they're like bizarre world mirrors of each other. Two sides of the same coin. Or just two sides of the coast. So if you have like, ASAP and Kendrick are the leaders, right? They're the leaders. Um, out of the whole ASAP crew, ASAP Nass is the MC that I really, really mess with. He's my ab soul. Uh, you got Schoolboy Q on one end, you know what I'm saying? And then you got Ferg on another end. Here's our turn-up guys, okay. right? They, they are almost exactly like if you went into comic books, they're like bizarre world opposites of each other. But for some reason, the West Coast supports theirs more than New York supports ours. Right. So ASAP ain't all the way where they are. Is, right. Which I would like to see right. the city, you know what I'm saying, support them a little bit more. And then Joey too. Like Joey is at that point. Even though I'm going to focus on Kurt, you know what I'm saying? Like, okay, that's my guy. Right. But Joey is, he's, he deserves that. Like, he's running that crew. Yeah, and to do it independently. Like, we try to sign him. And he, and he basically said, I'm not signing a J because I want to be you. That's crazy. I was like, yo, that's so that's hard. That's crazy. That's so hard. For a Brooklyn cat. <laughs> so hard. So I think about that for yeah. a second. He understands the value of being independent. That's crazy. You know, I read this article um, that, that, that you interviewed him recently. And he talked about how, you know, Jay has transcended so many different levels. And he's kind of like at this point where he's rapping about his life. Jay has always been authentic about what he raps about. Yeah. But at this juncture, cats may not understand what he's rapping about because a lot of cats are still here. And you talk about the balance between pushing him and keeping him grounded. Can you, can you talk about that? Yeah, I mean, I can't, I can't speak for Jay Mind, so wherever like Jay want to go, that's where we'll go. You know, um, but... His thing has always been truth, and truth as to where I am, and truth as to um, you know, you, 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 it's a great word to see the naturation of Jay Z, to see him go from a Brooklyn cat that's talking about uh, what what late '80s, early '90s Brooklyn was like, to now where you see him talking about owning corporations and, and um, dealing with life in general. Um, I just try to support wherever he's trying to go. You, you understand what I mean? Right, right. My, my job is not to... I'm trying to make you the best you. I'm not trying... I'm not the artist. Right? So... I'm here to flesh out whoever the best you is and help you do that. And take my experience of seeing people do it year in and year out for a long time and say, okay, this is where you need to go. Well, this is what I feel like the best thing is. Or I used to feel a certain way because for 
10 to 12 odd years, I was stuck on 26th Street in between 6th and 7th at Baseline, and the whole world revolved around me being locked in the studio. And then since 2010, now the world has opened up to me, and it's like, I can really tell you what's popping today, right now, in Tanzania, Africa. I can tell you what's popping in South Africa. I can tell you what's popping in Egypt. I can tell you what's popping in Korea. I can tell you what's popping in Europe. I can tell you what's popping in Russia. And I can tell you what's popping in North New Jersey. You see what I'm saying? Like, all of those places I have experience from now to say, okay, this is what people are listening to. This may be the texture of the way that they want to receive whatever the message is. And, and that's the real part about DJing out to the public is like now, it's almost like me and Just was trapped in the house for 10 years and now we get to go outside. And then when you come outside, you realize what all your work was. We didn't realize what the work was when we was in the house doing it. And then you get to see the world and people like, it bugs me out for people to come up to me and be like, or for me to even get noticed in places outside of the United States, or I'm really thrown off when somebody comes up to me and calls me a legend. I'm like, please don't put that title on. I'm not. I'm nowhere near done doing what I'm gonna do with life. You know what I mean? Like, so if if you basing it off the past ten years, I appreciate it. I thank you. But Quincy Jones is a legend to me. He's still alive doing things. You know what I mean? And it's like my muse of what I want. That's the only person in the world that I worship. Hey, yo, internets, this week's episode of the Combat Jack Show is brought to you by Spotify Discover Weekly. Finding new music just got easier with Spotify Discover Weekly. Your Discover Weekly playlist is 30 new songs you're gonna love that you haven't even heard yet. You get a brand new playlist every Monday, like a weekly birthday present just for you, internets, from us to you. Those who know and use Discover Weekly love it. And why wouldn't they? It's a playlist personalized based on your own personal music taste. Don't forget to save your favorite tracks from your playlist on Sunday before the playlist refreshes. Let Spotify do the heavy searching and heavy lifting as they curate a playlist of brand new music just for you. Discover something new every Monday by going to Spotify.com slash Discover Weekly to get your new playlist starting today. Internets, I told y'all to do this shit last week. Y'all didn't. Tweet us at Combat Jack Show or at Combat underscore Jack and tell us what song Spotify blessed you with this week. And now back to the show. Yeah, it's Please understand what Quincy Jones did. Like, you're talking about a guy that, like, played. If Quincy Jones was just a jazz cat, he would be incredible. That would have been a career in and of itself. But to be a guy that went from traditional big band jazz to when you start to get to albums like The Dude and things like that, where he started to understand like avant-garde jazz and, and like jazz fusion and where that was going and like the influence of Herbie Hancock and all those things. Then to go like, oh, I'm at a party and I see this little quirky kid. I should make a TV show with him, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Oh, media is popping. I'm going to make Vibe magazine. You know, like every you even format. mentioned, yeah, like Michael Jackson. Yeah, but but I have the two biggest albums in the world, right? Right. It's going to be hard for anybody to beat Thriller and Off the Wall, two biggest albums in the world. And I beg to differ. You know, what I'm saying I know it's a lot of Michael Jackson fans, but those are the two best Michael Jackson albums. So it's a, it's never just that artist by themselves. It's it's the fusion of everything. So it's Michael Jackson as the talent, with Quincy Jones as the producer, with Rod Templeton as the writer, you know what I mean? Like, there's so many factors that go into making these hit 
records. But Quincy Jones is the only person I like get nervous around or, or don't know what to say when he sits next to me. You know, we had a thing. Um, uh, we honor Bruce Wadeen. So from my world, people that don't know, Bruce Wadeen is the engineer that, that engineered all of these albums. So we're honoring Bruce Wadeen. Um, and Quincy, and I'm backstage hosting this, right? Quincy Jones sits right next to me. And I didn't know what to say. You, you couldn't say anything? I, it's like my, it's like, as much as people, I see people clam up around like J and B, and I'll be like, they human beings. Right. You know what I'm saying? When Quincy Jones sat next to me, I was just like, I so, don't know so, what to so say. what was the conversation? What was what you say? I swear to God, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm, gonna be, I'm gonna be so honest because it's you. All he wanted to talk about was women. Really? That's all he wanted to talk about yo, listen. was women. He was like, yo, you need a girl like this that has just as much money as you, so you and I rely. I'm like, gems. Gems. <laughs> it was crazy. But it's, it's crazy because recently I had a stretch of my beats on the show. Yeah, yeah. I and love they talked they talk the about movie. how they the had Quincy Jones. On the show one time, and he was drunk, just wilding out, which is which is kind of crazy. He'll let you know, but but shout out to Stretch and Bob, like yes. like watching the movie took me took me back to that time when I was that kid that that, that was like making sure I pressed the record button, and right. the first time you hear like certain joints was on that show, people don't realize like you don't realize it until you see it back. Right. And I think the movie was great because it captured the personality of what the show was. Him, Sear, you know, you gotta remember Lord Sear is like the guy coming to my room and like waking me up and being like, yo, this guy can really rap. And like, I've known Sear for years. Okay. So the personality of that show came across in the movie. Yeah, it's a dope movie. Yeah. Listen, man, I've been looking at your um, Instagram a lot, man, and you, you're doing a lot of travel. A lot of work. You're doing a lot. You're all over the place, man. What, what, are, you, what, what are you traveling so much for, man? Uh, again, it's, it's good to be outside, you know. Like um, now, I'm on a road with Alicia Keys. So, uh, how is that? Oh, it's fun. It's incredibly fun. Like Alicia is incredible as an artist. Um, it's different from Jay's show because there's so many people in Jay's show. So with Alicia, I'm DJing and I'm also doing live drumming. So it's it's a big difference from doing like hip hop and R and B. Jay's show is on a click. You know, like every song is planned out, it's on a click, there's tempos, it's hip-hop. Meaning that like with Alicia, she's completely live on that piano. There is no, that's not fake, that's not like some backing track playing. That woman can really play that piano that well. So meaning, like I'm following her, there's no click in my ear. I'm When I'm doing the drums, it's me looking at her and her body movement and what she's doing and just following her. She's just incredible as an artist and a good thing for, for people to watch is the Brooklyn um, when we opened up the stadium right you see me on stage saying Jay's rhymes that's because Jay has so much other stuff that he's doing that for the band I'll say his rhymes so we can practice right. and do whatever he's looking at the lights he's opening up the stadium he's dealing with a whole bunch of other stuff so meaning to say like he sends probably me and Omar a track listing of what he wants to do for the show and we work it out. And then you just come and say your raps and be your superstar self. Alicia is is a musician. And that's no disrespect to no rappers, but she's like in there in practice with us like, nah, let's try this a half a step up. Let's try this in D minor. Let's try this in the, and then figures out out of the five ways that we try it, what's the best way to do it. So it's fun to have the main artist there as a musician, as a part of the band versus like just being on a superstar level. 
It's different and it's more organic. So she put out um, In Common. Um, we did a promo run in Europe for that. So, you know, if I'm in Europe, I'm going to run around and take pictures. That's just, that's just what I do as, as, as a training photographer, somebody who, like, wants to start at bottom level of photography and I don't care if you like my mixes, don't like my mixes, you, you like, I'm going to get you to respect my photography. What is it about photography? Because was, that was my next question. I noticed that like, you're taking pictures of everything and, and you're, 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 I guess your camera of choice is the like the, the, the Leica. The Leica. Yeah, that, that, the Leica 240. Don't get me in here talking about cameras. We'll be in here on camera all day. But, but so, what is it about photography? What is it that... that because because the... That? My world has been auditory for so many years. Like it's just sound. My world was sound, and that's my main thing, right? Sound is the um, sound is God. Period. Right? If you really understand what that means, like when I when I put Nana Brahma on my Instagram, sometimes that 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 means sound is God. Meaning that vibration is the basis of everything in the universe. Without vibration, there's no life. Right, so our hearing only goes from twenty hertz to twenty thousand hertz. That's a very limited space of vibrations. But vibrations extend all the way down this way, really low, and then you know you can get into higher vibrations like microwaves and like all those type of things, right? Um, but my whole world is like sound forever. So I wanted to get into something visual. And then it was like Instagram came out. My manager was like, yo, you got to get on social media. This is like maybe like 2000, what, like 11, 2012. And I was like, I'm not really with social media. I don't need to tell people like what I ate today. And like, that wasn't me. Like, yo, you being old, then you get on social media, right? So I finally get on Twitter. Even still with Twitter, I'm not really a big Twitter person. People DM me and I'd be like, yo, it may be months in between me even checking Twitter. Like, I don't, that's not my world. Instagram is my world. I, I get on Instagram, I look at other photographers, I study them, I study the classics. It's a, it's a, it's a visual representation. It's a, it's a different challenge for me than the auditory challenge, which I feel like I've gotten to a certain point of mastering that. Photography, I get to start off as being a baby. And I get to study all of the classic people and figure out why they shoot the way that they shoot. And then I get to disrupt the um, the emperor's clothing thing. Because there's a lot of people out there that are like revered that I'm like, oh, he's garbage. You know, or I just don't like their style. Or figuring out a style for myself, which is a hard thing. So you're working on figuring, on figuring out, out your style. My style, because I could easily do the like celebrity thing, right? But other people do that, and I don't want to be a celebrity photographer. That's boring to me, and I could like kill every. That's like back in the day, I could have killed mixtapes with exclusives. Right? But I was like, it's too easy. I don't want to do that. So with photography, I'm more into capturing the everyday scene of whatever's going on in my life, and it's really me trying to say, okay, I got this one hour in between landing in a, in a place and between sound check and landing maybe an hour or two hours and I'm going to go out and I'm going to hit the street and I'm going to just see what I can capture so that not only people in my hood but just people around the world can see what I see on a daily basis because that's important. Because for so many years people couldn't see it. I was just telling my neighborhood this is what Africa feels like. So now I can show my neighborhood this is what Africa looks like. This is what Taipei looks like. This is yeah, looks anywhere. Like, and and then different techniques that um, the masters have laid down, or um, 
finding my voice, where I can't be Sebastian Salgado, right? That's my favorite photographer in the world, period, hands down. He's the best in the world right now. Um, but I can't take seven years to go shoot one place. So I got to figure out how to do what he does in a day. Or techniques of, like, holding the camera. I'm a 6'5 black dude. So if I'm walking through the streets of Hong Kong, or if I'm walking through the streets of Korea, somebody's going to notice me. Everybody's going to notice me. And as a photographer, and, and, your, and your face is on the flyer for the party. Right, night, right, right. Like, so, but as a photographer, you're trying to be invisible. A street photographer. And you're trying to capture moments without disrupting the scene. So I've learned how to like pre-focus and how to like, I could walk past you and just click, you know, like without even looking through the viewfinder. That's crazy. Man. So, you know, it's just a challenge of um, learning something new, the engineering of that ca camera, the history of that camera, the history of the company. Um, no matter where you go, Leica invented the 35 millimeter format. Or do you use film or digital? Yeah, both. Both. What so do you I, prefer? Uh, I kind of prefer film because film is like, you don't know what you got. So a lot of digital photographers, I see them take a picture and they automatically look at it. Right. It's like, don't do that. Like, just take the picture and then keep going about your day and look at it when you get home. It'll make your photography better because it'll slow you down to make sure you get the frame of whatever it is that you're trying to shoot. If you can understand now, I got, that. I got it. You know? like, and then, it's like um, there's, a, there's a magic and a wonderment in that process. Yeah. And then, you know, I, I, I try to incorporate what I learned when I go out and shoot. Right. So right now I'm studying this thing called the fragmented human, which is like trying to take pictures of people without showing their face, but having it be such an ill photograph that you could tell what the face looked like. Or you could get the essence of the person without looking at the face. That's an ill thing to do. It's very hard to do. But it's a concept that like I noticed and I was like, this is kind of ill. Or um, not being afraid to put up certain things. Like yesterday, right? I was on Venice Beach yesterday, and I took a picture. And it's obviously a Masonic symbol. You know what I mean? And most people would be like scared to put that up. And I'm like, nah, I'm going to just challenge. I know my whole Instagram. As soon as I put up something like that, people are going to be like, oh, Jay-Z, Illuminati. Illuminati. You know, the whole <laughs> not. But it gives me a chance to like dispel people's myths on just dumb shit like that. Right. So... I don't like the fact that like people can steal your information and represent it to you and then you think that's not your information. The Masons are our sons. You my son. I gave you that. My great 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 grandfather gave you that science. And you got 33 degrees of it, which means that your body is this way and you're crawling. I have all 360 of those. We only gave you 33 because you only stayed 33 years. In the system. That system was designed for longer than 33 years. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So when you that, came that's in, crazy. When, no, that's, it's real facts. No, it's real facts, but it's crazy. But just that's how much knowledge it is. 33 degrees allowed you to go back to where you're from and appear to be a god. You get what I'm saying? No, I get what you're saying. We had the whole three, but you missed the moral part of it. You just took the initial the scientific and not the moral, not the living. We took all of it. You see what I'm saying? When you got all of it, you become Tesla. You see what I mean? He was out in Long Island. He built this big thing. He was like, yo, everybody can have free energy. We could have had cell phones back then. In 1900. When you got 33 <laughs> degrees, you become J.P. Morgan, who walks up on it and goes, yo, 
I sell that. Knock this shit down. You get the difference? No, I, I get the difference. Do y'all get the difference? <laughs> <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? No, definitely. I'm trying to beat Tesla. Tesla's like another one of the, like, you know. But without the going crazy part. Because everybody that had that information that lives in this world, they go crazy. It seems like they go crazy. But it's like they don't know how to exist. So my fighting the system thing won't allow and remaining tethered to this planet because we don't want you to go crazy yeah no no no. but but you do at a certain point the the, the great giants go crazy at a certain point because they like yo why is it so difficult why is men so greedy why is it so difficult for me to like get across this idea you know how much further we would be if tesla if we would just allow tesla to just chill we should as a country we should have just gave him money and we should have just said, look, invent anything you want to invent. That's how ill that dude was. And it was pure energy. And it didn't go against nature. And, you know, like, he's looking at us like, y'all are so stupid. We get energy from exploding things, combustion, burning things. Right? And he's like, that's so caveman. It's so caveman. That thing up there has enough energy for all of us for the rest of our lives. Matter of fact, when that goes, we generations without polluting anything. Natural energy. But, you know, the the greed of men. The audacity of men. No, greed. But it's the audacity also thinking that you're greater than some of these natural resources. Oh, yeah. They put it in a box. I don't even know know if they think that they're greater. It's just greed. It's just like, I want it all. I want to control it. It's my thing. You get what I'm saying? Where certain other people think differently. Where like, how do you? Why am I paying for water? Water. I remember when water was free. Water, drinking water. Yeah. How do you own water? How do you own water? How do you own air? They're about to own air. How do you own air? You see what I'm saying? In Beijing, they own air. In New York City, they own air. Try to build, try to build on top of one of these buildings. This thing called an air tax. The higher you go, you gotta pay a tax. We own the air. That's crazy to me. You see what I'm saying? Like that's stupid. That's like we'll never get further as a. I'm sorry, people came to hear rap talk. We so far away from rap talk. <laughs> Michio Kaku, right? My favorite physicist. He got this new book out, and he ranks classifications of humans. Because he's basically like, okay, us as kids, we watch Star Trek. And we're like, okay, well, when are we going to get to that point? Teleporters phases the whole night. No, not even just the technology. Just where human beings exist in that state where there's no money, right? Every resource that you need is taken care of. And the purpose of life is to get better at something. It's not survival. They've already mastered survival. So as as a race... We should have massive survival. The earth can produce enough food for every single human being on the earth to eat. That should be the purpose of a government. You know what I'm saying? I get that. So he ranks us. So it's like zero, one, two, three in terms of societies. We're sub-zero. We're still burning fossil fuels. We're still mining coal, right? When the sun can produce all the energy that we need. So he takes us on all these points of how we can get from zero to one to two to three. The thing that's stopping us is governments and oil companies and things of that nature.
and your internet. Today's episode of the Combat Jack Show is brought to you by Loot Crate. Get up on your geek shit by signing up for the best monthly subscription box service that's full of the best geek gamer items and pop culture goodies. Don't be fooled by the flashy colors. Loot Crate is more than your average subscription box service. It's an entire community of fans that share their experience and interact with each other around the unboxing of each month's crate. Mena, I still have not re- received a fucking crate. I need my own loot crate. I need it. How can I get it? What do I need to do? This month, I'm getting July's loot crate because we're past June now. Okay, I'm getting June's loot crate. Listen, intonate. Intonates. Previous crates have included items from Harry Potter, The Walking Dead, Star Wars, DC Comics, Marvel Comics, the, the, the Daredevil TV show, and more. Join us this month as we celebrate the futuristic. Loot Crate has packed July's crate with items from pop culture's favorite prognostications of science and the future. Prognostications, Internet. Look forward to tomorrow with items from Rick and Morty, Futurama, Star Trek, Mega Man, and Valiant Comics. We've got a model, a figure, and don't forget the monthly tee and loot pin. Go to lootcrate.com slash combat and enter promo code combat at checkout to save on $3 of your new subscription today. Don't forget, you only have until the 19th at 9 p.m. Pacific to subscribe and receive that month's crate. And when the crate cut, when the, when the crate cutoff happens, that's it. You're assed out. Don't miss out, internet. That's lootcrate.com, promo code combat to save three dollars on your new loot crate product today we shouldn't have the guns that we have in this country but even even after what just happened even after what just happened to happen and happen nothing's going to happen you're not going to tell the south that they can't have any guns period point blank point yo i'm sorry about what happened but i need my gun business is easy Business as usual. So we make a whole bunch of like stink about it for a couple months. The NRA is still gonna be giving money to Hillary. They still gonna be giving like Congress is we run this. Again. This is us. We run this. We run this. This is me. I run this. I own this. You just a manager for four years, homeboy, homegirl, whatever it is. You're a manager, you're the Bird King manager. <laughs> I own the Bird King. It's real talk. You see what I'm saying? So that's, it's like that's, if you want that's that, real talk. If you want that type of change, then like that's what you have to think about and you have to deal with. So we're never going. We have the technology to get to that point. It's men that stop us from getting that point, and their greed that stop us from getting to that point, where we can all have free, clean energy. So as a problem solver, man, as a problem solver, how do we break through that problem? I don't nobody want to hear this, but like it ain't never been no real revolution that made change without bloodshed. That's that's hard. That's a hard pill to swallow. It's a very hard pill. It's a very hard pill to swallow. But if you look at any revolution no blood that change. ever had lasting change, there was bloodshed. You know. On that note, I don't know how many of us is ready to do that. <laughs> we want to watch the Super Bowl. We want to watch like you know. We want to get the latest iPhone and get Starbucks. Right? But when I'm when I'm in South Africa, like nobody care about that. Nobody care about that. They talking about real revolution. They talking about real like this is real. This is this is this is years after apartheid. This is now watching darker skinned blacks hate on lighter skinned blacks in South Africa because y'all had your foot on our neck 
for so many years and now it's flipped and now like the light or what okay you have to understand that in South Africa it's not like just black and white right so there's all these classifications of black people so you have what we call like I would be considered colored because I'm not super dark so only really really dark people are considered black then I'm considered color all the way down to probably like his complexion is considered color then you have some white people that are Afrikaans that'll tell me that they more African than me you get what I'm saying? It's a whole lot of classifications. My point being, though, is that they don't care about the Super Bowl. They fight a real revolution. You get what I mean? Like the world is the world is really in a in a revolutionary state. They're not having it. And we over here worrying about you know, turn up, yeah, turn up. You know, on that note, man, you know, I know we're getting closer to when we should wrap up. I want to open up the floor for a couple of questions. King, or no, no questions? Is this wrap-up time? Two, two questions. Two questions. Can I open up the floor to two questions? We do. No rapidly rap talk. No, we, the last question. My last question is, is rapidly rap. Okay. All right. I'm sorry if this kind of goes all over the place. No, it's cool. Um, Say where you are. I'm Avian, um, up-and-coming music producer and engineer. Um, so I was very interested when you were saying that you want to kind of shift the way things are made and teaching your students, like, that the zero zero point one is not really how it is. Yeah. I was interested in what you were saying as far as even the grid and quantizing because, you know, just talking to a lot of engineers doing music, it's always like that sound needs to be on the grid and that sound needs to be this and that. And I agree with you saying as far as like even doing live instruments. I think that's that brings a feeling back. It brings a swing to the music. So as far as showing your students how to change that, what exactly are you doing? Turn off the quantizing a beat machine. It's Even if simple. it's not a beat machine, though. Or or just play with live people. You know what I mean? If that's the sound you want. Sometimes we do want a very like hip hop, like everything is perfectly yeah. aligned thing. Mm -hmm. But you should have the, the ability to know the difference. Right. And if you can tell the difference, then you can choose to do whatever you want. I just don't want fifty years from now us to only be doing this robotic, computerized right. music. Mm -hmm. And it's like we're falling into this thing where like, okay, before in hip hop in the eighties and the nineties, we dug for breakbeats and the breakbeats had to swing in them. You know, inevitably. Like they just had to swing in them. So now everything has fallen into like all I need is the eight oh eight sounds and that's it. Like I just need the, the eight oh eight kick, the eight oh eight clap, the eight oh eight snare and a hi hat. And, and I can be Metro Boomin, and I can be, you know what I'm saying? I can be uh, Beethoven. You're basically biting their style because Atlanta's so strong in terms of what they present to music. So um, there's so many ways that we could present trap music, but it's all presented in the same way. Like, okay, um, where's my phone? It's a kid that I really, really love. I forgot. I just discovered this kid not too long ago. He had this joint called Pink Polo out. Um, I said, oh my God, I'm in love with that kid. Like, he needs to be, I swear to God, if I could buy 100 albums of his, I would support him. Because he's doing the exact same thing of like, I could tell a jazz, a kid that was raised and his mama probably had him like studying jazz, and then he wants to make trap music, but he also studied Jay Dillon. Not the hero, you know what I mean? So he incorporates all those things together in something like really doing really fresh. So just just to 
just so that we're not biting. Everybody sounds the same. I don't want everybody to sound the same. I want it to be different. So I try to express to my students, like, be of the time, but incorporate you. Who are you? What's your ethnic background? What's the sound of, if, you know, if you're Hispanic, like, like go into your roots. If you're African, go into your roots. If you're, you know, I teach at USC, so there's kids from all over the world. If you're, um, you know, from the Arabic world, like, get on that Arabic scale and, like, forget the westernized scale. Forget our scale. Like, go on your scale and make some really dope music. Like, Big Pimpin is an Arabic scale. You know what I mean? Like, there's so many ways that you can present music. We just keep focusing on this one thing. So figure out a way to be different. You'll never be the top of the mountain if you keep following and following and following and following. You'll just be the flavor of the month. And the only way you get, yeah, the only way that you can become great is to create your own lane. Or the thing that people laugh at today, they'll love tomorrow. I, I, I laugh at people. Ten years ago when I told them, I was like, yo, London is hungry. And they're about to be the wave. Right? People go, the accent, can't get with it, the way they talk is funny. You know what I'm saying? Now, now, now you got a bunch of kids that's trying to talk like Skepta on a daily basis. And it's like, to me, it's, it's hilarious. Because I told y'all that 10 years I'm glad we have videotape now. Where I told you that 10 years ago when it's on videotape. But, you know, you hear people, like, that's what I mean. Like, be true to who you are and it eventually come around to what you are or become that new wave and rep it like just push it hard be something different you know no no more no more questions because because the crew in the back is trying to bring down the curtain but my hip-hop question for you is the last question man because i like to end the interviews with top five man top five records that you ever worked on oh shit i thought about say top five of the scenes that's that's within the grid, uh, man. Get out the grid. Top five records I ever worked on. Let's hope. My favorite album I ever worked on for personal reasons is The Grind Date by De La Soul. That's my personal. Rock cocaine flow. Incredible. Incredible. Um, only time I ever got to touch Jay Dilla beats in a mix. Probably number two would be The Blueprint, obviously, um, just because of the way we did that album. Uh... Man, this is so hard. I don't want to say a whole bunch of Jay Z albums. I will say, I will say, I will say, Freeway's first album. Um, and it's not just because of the songs; it's because of the situation. It was like the first time that Just really got to like almost produce a whole album by itself and really put himself out there. Free that album is really me, Freeway. Hip hop and just blaze in the studio, and free being um, open enough to like do anything that we suggested. Just blaze and free catching a vibe, and then hip hop being like the ultimate A and R, the A and R that like really really understands music without this like corporate. I'm in an office standpoint. Um, that's three, right? We got two more. I'll probably say Notorious B.I.G. Um, Born Again album. Just because it was like, you know, Big Had Died, my favorite MC of all time. And just being able to work on some like big stuff. Yeah, when, when Big was alive, 
I was like an assistant and I was helping Derek Angeletti and Chucky Thompson and like so I never got to really like go in on even though I was around, I never got to get credit on life after death and things like that. So born again just because I got credit. Um Oh man. Boy, you there, you there, you're at the finish line. You're at the finish line, y'all. This is hard. Oh, probably say Blueprint 3. Why? Just because the way we made it, it was really dope. Like, we we started and stopped and started and stopped and started and stopped. And then we went to Hawaii because Don C was like, we was in the studio one day and I was trying to get Jay and Kanye to like focus. And it became a party with the like, Models, chicks, and all that, and I was just like, "Yo, this is, we can't get no work done." And that's when Kanye had got to that level. You know what I'm saying? Jay was obviously at the level. So Don C was like, "Yo, we should come to um, Hawaii." So we went to Hawaii and we focused and we had a meeting. And it was like me, Jay, Kanye, Timberland, everybody. And Ye was the main person. He's the main auto tune dude, but he was the main person. Like, yo, this auto tune's out of control. Like, we need to dead this. And that's where DOA come from. You know what I mean? So it's like having that powwow meeting, being in Hawaii where like nobody could stop by the studio, waking up in the morning, going to Kanye's house. He got to cook. The cook is cooking breakfast. We go play basketball. And I, this is not organized. So we like going to a local high school and the little kids is looking out the window like, oh shit, is that Kanye and Jay-Z playing on that? Yeah, it was really us. You know what I mean? Like, like that thing, the brotherhood thing of like playing ball, then going to the studio and making music. It was a good environment to to like knock out a bunch of songs. But it's hard for me to do a top five just because everything just, I have really good moments in the studio for just different reasons. Like see him right there? The fact that when we was working on the ASAP, Mike, what's up? you know what I'm saying? We was working on the ASAP shit, or like if I tell him in the studio, I'm like, yo, I know what it feels like to be in that position. I'm going to make sure that they put your name on this record. And for me to have to make a bunch of phone calls and go back and forth and be like, yo, don't forget the sister engineer. Don't forget, don't forget. Then they do it, and then the time when he couldn't be like, yo, thank you, go. That's all I do. I'm more memorable of shit like that. Then, you know what I'm saying? Or like, me and him, the last time I was with him is the last time I was with Yams. So those like sessions are like, you know what I'm saying? That's the very last time I ever was with Yams in person was the sessions we was doing for ASAP. So it's like, to y'all that might not be personal, but those sessions mean a lot to me. You know what I'm saying? For those those simple reasons, you can't can't forget shit like that. So it's it's little stuff like that. Or like... The first time I, we ever had Drake in the studio with 40, and I was just like, yo, here's your life for the next 10 years. This was about to happen. And for the shit to happen like that, and then for 40 to call me one day and be like, go, you said all this shit. I'm like, yeah, well, I'm not a, I'm not a, 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 a fortune teller. I've done it. <laughs> a million times over. I've done it. I already know what it's going to be. And I'm going to tell you how to get through it. You know what I mean? Like, so those things are special. It's not always just about the music. It's about the situation and the circumstance. And like, I get pure enjoyment out of watching people go from nothing to something. And I'm not a hater. And I love it when like I watch young people get their dream. You know, it's a dope thing. Yo, man, we could go on and on and on. We're about to 
I'm about to go play some music. I'm about to go turn up. Yeah. About to go back and turn up. But listen, Guru, man, always, man. Nah, thank you. The man. support you've been giving us from day one has been incredible, love show, man. man. And, and, and I love you, the continued support, Absolutely. man. Thank you. Thank Internet, man. Thank you for being such a wonderful <laughs> audience. I definitely want to thank you, man, from the G Star Brooklyn for being so gracious. As a host and opening up their place. And even though, you know. Aggie, this is for you. This is your <laughs> special bottle. Thank you so much, G-Star Brooklyn. And also, I definitely want to shout out um, Acid, the Acid Experience. If you guys can tweet, um, hashtag Experience Acid. These guys see the vision in this tour. They're taking a chance with us, and I really appreciate that. And now, man, let's, let's bring that barbershop talk around the world. Yeah, definitely. We're about to, man. Let's go turn up. Thank right. you again, man. Let's see y'all like Ken folks. All right. Internets. Once again, I want to shout out Spotify Discover Weekly for sponsoring this week's episode of the Combat Jack Show. Remember, Spotify Discover Weekly lets you get lost in the exhilarating feelings of discovering new music every week. Exhilarating. It's 30 new songs that are waiting for you to be obsessed with. You get a brand new playlist every Monday personalized just for your tastes. Make sure you tweet us at Combat Jack Show or at Combat underscore Jack and tell us about your new music Spotify picked for you. Go to Spotify.com slash Discover Weekly now to get your playlist. And please, Internets, help us out and tell them that Combat sent you. Numenati! This episode of the Combat Jack Show was produced by Jonathan Menna, executive produced by A. King and Chris Morrow, engineered by Samir Karan and recorded in the Engine Room Audio Studio in downtown Manhattan. This is an official Loudspeakers Networks production. Hi, my name is F.E. Jerome. Just wanted to say a shout out to Combat Chat Show because you guys are an inspiration to me because it which has led me to actually start my own network and I live in London. So um just wanted to say a shout out to Combat Chat Combat Jack Show. So um the network that I've already, the odd net, sorry, the network that I started is, uh, Shout Out Network, um, which is in London. So it's Shout Out Network at, Shout Out Network. I have to go back again. <laughs>